0: Welcome to Barron's Live, our daily webcast and podcast. I'm Alex Ewell, Deputy Editor of Barron's. Thanks for joining us today for our update on tech stocks. I'm joined by my colleague Eric Sabitz, Barron's Associate Editor who covers tech for us from Silicon Valley. We've got a lot to talk about today and because it feels like for the first time in a while, we're actually talking about innovation and tech again. In fact, we seem to have gone crazy over all things AI. So that's going to be a big topic for us today. Meanwhile, the Nasdaq is in the middle of a Pretty good run. It's up 14% this year. So, Eric, welcome. Let's, uh, let's just jump right in. What is happening with this AI craze ever since ChatGPT launched late last year? It seems like it's all anyone wants to talk about.
1: Yeah. So, uh, let's walk through the timeline a little bit. ChatGPT launched, uh, I believe, November 30th. So, you know, it's really not that long ago. And it does feel, in some ways, like a lifetime ago. So uh, this application, which is like a, a sort of natural language chat uh, bot, it's uh, it's a ton of fun to use. You can use it for lots of different things. Uh, what you can't use it for is search the internet, though, because it, it has a large set of information. When you when you're using a uh, an artificial intelligence uh, driven uh, piece of software, there's a process called training. So you you basically uh, train the software to use this large pool of data um chat gpt has a very large database information but it doesn't search the open internet it's that's, it's, it's that's really pretty crazy i
0: just want to point out because it speaks to the level of craze that we're having so we have this yeah. thing that's going to change the internet it's going to change technology and yet it can't even search the current internet
1: yeah not only right so what is what is, it has some obvious shortcomings right like you you can't say how's the weather today it doesn't know the answer to that question it's okay. <laughs> okay. Like who. Uh, you know, who won the Warriors game last night. It can't answer that question. And it can't say, uh, and if you say, uh, show me a picture of a panda, uh, it can't do that either. It doesn't, it's all text-based. So it has limitations. Now it does some amazing things. Like you can have it, uh write poetry or write, you write an essay on a, you know, obscure English, you know, author or something like, you can do a lot of interesting things. Right. Uh Anything that is historical in nature, you know, you, you, you say, I want to, tell me about the Peloponnesian War like it will tell tell you a reasonable uh give you a reasonable backstory on, on the Peloponnesian War but uh, but but I have think I think you have to look at chat GPT as more a, a kind of like a, a beta kind of a trial balloon about uh, what's possible with these this kind of technology sometimes it's, people talk about large language models and that what what that it's kind of jargony but what it really gets down to is you can have a natural conversation with 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 uh, with these kinds of apps. So, for example, like if you do a search uh, in in Google or other search engines, like th- the next search you do isn't aware of the last one you did, right? Like, so you, you can't say, uh, so if you say, um, "I want to see um, pictures of uh, I don't know uh, green apples," and then you, it returns the an answer. You can't just then say, "And now, how about red ones?" Like it's not—it's not a conversation, right, right? Individual questions. Now, what's happened this week is uh, several things. There's been a flurry of news, a ton of news in this space, and two main things happened. Microsoft, which is the largest investor in OpenAI, which is the company that created GBT... You know, reportedly, just agreed to do another. I recently, agreed to do a, a new ten billion dollar investment in ChatGPT, which uh, in OpenAI, which is you know a lot of money. And and uh, and so there was there's been speculation about like what they were going to do, and what we found out this week is that they are going to have some of the same kind of functionality that's in ChatGPT, this natural language uh, interaction, um, in Microsoft Bing. Microsoft now, what? <laughs> Bing. So, Microsoft Bing is Microsoft's search engine. Now, Microsoft has been trying to make Bing relevant in the search market for more than a decade. Bing launched in 2009. There were other earlier attempts by Microsoft to play in search. There was one called Live Search, yeah. uh, which was which goes back to a service Microsoft once ran called Microsoft Live uh then it gave it this dumb name cuz no one really knew what live search was there was msn search there's been a, a bunch of attempts but since 2009 it's been about bing now the thing about bing is it's a perfectly reasonable search engine which basically no one uses so right. like if you if you look at the data on market share there's a bunch of places you can look there's a, estimates are very little bit but like the numbers that we've been using uh, which go uh, from a firm called statcounter which tracks this sort of thing shows that in January, Google had about 93% of the search market. Bing had 3%, right? So, uh, and then- That either in- generous, by the way, 3%, but okay. Yeah, that, right. Well, and I think my suspicion, and I have no way of knowing this for sure, but my suspicion is that most of that comes from Microsoft's own web browser, which is called Edge. Right, it makes sense. Uh, in fact, they're also updating uh, Edge to include some of this technology. So, meanwhile- Alphabet, the parent of Google, uh, they did an event this week. They did two things. So, so on Monday, actually, kind of jumping the gun on Microsoft, um, there was a, a blog post from, uh, from, from, from uh, Sundar Pichai, who's the CEO of Alphabet. He, he wrote that they are going to launch a chat GPT competitor, which is called Bard like you know, Shakespeare, I guess. Um, Bard, BARD is going to be like ChatGPT, but it will also search the open internet. So supposedly it's going to be better. Now, we haven't gotten a real full demonstration of BARD. You can't play with it yet. It's not out there yet. But uh, but that's, they announced that. And they also said they were going to put some some uh, uh, AI, new AI functionality, sometimes called regenerative AI, um, some of that functionality into their primary search engine. So that's coming too. And then, then we got the Microsoft announcement of this partnership between Bing and uh, and OpenAI. And then on Wednesday, there was another uh, round of news from Alphabet. They announced a bunch of uh, AI related updates to some of the various uh, things they do, so image search, maps, um, Google Translate, a bunch of other things. So they've been. I think it's important to remember. Alphabet has been off at this for a really long time. Like, there's a whole bunch of places in your interaction with their various applications. You know how, like, uh, you start typing in a, in a Google Doc or in a Gmail, and it, it guesses what word you want next. Right. Like, well, that's an AI function. Um, that, you know, if if it's uh, if you think about like uh, routing information in Google Maps, that's an AI function. So there's like there's there's AI all across their applications, and
0: and there's AI all across the internet. Right. I mean, all and, and I mean I, about, we've, talked, we've talked about how a colleague once told me that we call everything AI um that's in the future, but the moment it arrives, it's no longer AI. So no one would call like the Netflix recommendation engine AI, but right. it really is AI.
1: Yeah. And 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 you know, I think uh even something like uh I think about your experience on Facebook, uh, which by the way is all also all in on AI. They they um uh they present information to you in a news feed. And a lot of that information now is not stuff from your friends and family. It's random content that they've presented to you. How do they decide what to give you? Well, it's based on AI. It's, it's, it's based on, you know, that it's, it's, it's an application built on uh, information on your own behavior and your own indications of what it is that you care about. And that's how it creates the newsfeed. The same thing is true for TikTok, right? Like all of these services, any recommendation engine on the internet, like right. Amazon, gonna, everything. So so now
0: let's step back for a second and talk about how the market has been reacting to all this. So you mentioned yeah. November 30th, ChatGPT. And then this week, kind of the big guys finally got involved. In the middle of that, right, we've seen this insane, I would argue, bubble Building around anything AI, C3 AI, which is a analytics AI type business that happens to have AI as its ticker symbol, is up like 100%, 100% more over the last month. Uh, we've seen all sorts of other little guys bubbling up. Um, BuzzFeed is another example, the, the media company, because they said that they would be using ChatGPT to write articles. The stock went up 150%. So like this is tr- feels like true bubble territory. Yeah. Um, And then this week, you know, but it is kind of the big guys had sort of been off to the side. Then this week, we're now getting some big moves, particularly around Alphabet. The the investors have not been happy with Alphabet's kind of uh, own announcements this week. And it's down, uh, Alphabet stock is down 13% over the last two days. So let's kind of talk through what is, why did these small guys bubble up so much? If AI isn't all that new to begin with, why is that happening? And then why is it now infecting big tech?
1: Right. Okay. So, uh, so let's start with the the bubbly ones, right? So uh, you mentioned um, uh, C three AI. That this is a really interesting company, actually, founded by Tom Siebel, who once started Siebel Systems, which was a pioneer uh, of an enterprise software that eventually sold to Oracle. Um, you know, he's uh, been fabulously successful as an entrepreneur. He started this company. It's telling that C three AI had a different name when it started off it was called C3 IoT that's
0: just and, too good
1: right which now C3 IoT was going to go after the internet of things market turned out the internet of things market wasn't nearly as compelling as uh, as AI and so they changed their name and um, some but, folks
0: some folks might remember by the way i don't think the IoT craze was ever quite what we've seen from this AI craze but there was a bit of an IoT craze for a few months too
1: yeah, and there's still a couple of companies that play there that are actually legitimate. Which we and that's, ask, by the way, just like,
0: IoT, basically, our Internet of Things is just putting sensors and all sorts of things that can reach the Internet. So it's essentially connecting the Internet to everyday devices. So just. Right.
1: So, you know, the classic examples are things like tracking uh, cargo containers. Uh, you know, you want to know where your stuff is, you put a little sensor on it so you can know where it is. Right. Or putting um, it in my refrigerator. Or, yeah, there's lots of examples. Right. Internet connected everything. Um, and, and it's, I think it's really becoming true. I mean, we'll say like we go, you know, I, I, we've talked before about the fact that I was at CS in January and, um uh, everything is connected to the internet, right? So, um, and, and in fact, it, it does allow, uh, you know, easily, it makes it easier to upgrade hardware that you wouldn't be able to upgrade. There were a lot of yeah, like, right, right. the point is it's
0: here, it's kind resources. of here now. I just think it's important for context. It's kind of here now. No one's really talking about it anymore, and it's not moving stocks anymore. So we should just keep in mind how these hype cycles
1: kind of happen. Yeah. So, and I think even true in AI, right? So uh, let us uh, roll back the calendar um, like a decade or so. I believe it was 2010 when, uh, to great hoopla, um, IBM Watson. Uh, played on Jeopardy on national television and won, right? Right. Now, IBM Watson is an IBM AI engine. Um, Then, you know, it was able to like hear the questions and give answers and uh, call, you know, was using some large database of information. And, you know, of course, the nature of Jeopardy is the questions could be on any topic. Um, And that created a whole round of excitement about AI, you know, again, well over a decade ago. Um, IBM, by the way, is still in the AI business. But, and like like a lot of companies, uh, the AI is sort of an ingredient. It's hidden inside uh, applications to make them better rather than as a standalone right. uh, application. Right. What right. makes this moment uh, so uh, uh, big, in a sense, or has made it so big so far, is that it's a public manifestation of this technology. Like you had no way to do it directly do an ai search like you could do you know do now with chat gpt yeah it was not yeah well, it was not previously possible actually by the way it's worth noting that there are some other applications besides chat gpt like open ai also has an application called doll e like like wally like the uh the pixar movie except with a d um and that one is used to generate images so you yeah. Type in some text and it'll make a picture for you. What you tell it to do. There are a bunch of other applications out there, but there's a reason that this, uh, uh, this, we've seen this like frenzy of activity, right? And it's all about this consumer-facing element of ChatGPT. Now, so let's talk about. So, like, there were a bunch of other small ones, as you say, that had big moves. There was a company called uh, I'll mention one called SoundHound, which has a which which does. like audio uh, interfaces for like text-to-speech and things like that, uh, particularly in the automotive market, they announced a chat GPT-like implementation uh, using speech, uh, which is kind of a cool demo. It's a little, it's really tiny company. Their stock is up, I don't know, four or five X over the last couple of months. Okay. Um, people are scrambling for plays, but yeah, This, well,
0: it, it's, it's- a, it, this is what I, so people are scrambling. Tell me whether this is any different than what we've seen in in the last two, three months from 3D printing, fake meat, the metaverse that we saw, um, the hype there. Is this different?
1: Well, I I think the answer is mixed, right? So I think in the case of some of these small fry, uh, particularly companies that are Leveraging other people's technology, and, and I think that's important. Uh, an important note on C3 AI. So C3 AI had a big announcement of their own last week. They announced a um, an AI uh, powered search engine for their uh, enterprise applications, and you know they run applications for like healthcare companies and oil and gas companies and things like that. Uh, Baker Hughes is actually their single largest customer, and uh, and what, what, but what they're doing is they're leveraging technology from, from OpenAI and from, from Google. Like they're, they're, they didn't create the, 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 uh, the engine and the large language model. They're taking that technology, their APIs, you know, interfaces, programming interfaces that allow other people to use the technology and put it in other things. And that's sort of one of the beauties of OpenAI. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sure that like what C3AI is doing itself. Is is necessarily revolutionary, right? So I, I think, um, you okay. know, I, I, right. So so now I I think that um uh and but what's what's real. it's a big story, which is really good to what I think, Alex, is that is what's happened this week on the search front because for all these small companies, and again, as you say it feels very familiar and like frenzied. And as I wrote in a piece this week, like I don't think it ends well, right? These are small companies that are unlikely to be the players who are going to change the world. And and one reason for that, by the way, is it's expensive to do this. Like it takes mammoth computing power to train the engines and, you know, and run these models on a routine basis. It's really expensive. And we'll get to the implications of that in a moment. But I, I think that it's important to realize that like much like you know, I wrote a story as you know a few months ago about quantum computing, and like in quantum computing, there's two of two sets of players. There's like little guys who are, you know, have a little money. Maybe they were venture funded. Some of them were SPAC deals, things like that. And they're sort of you know trying to inch their way in. And then they're who are they competing against? You know, some some names that are familiar in the search story too. It's you know, it, it's it's Alphabet and IBM and um, and Amazon, and you know, people with much deeper pockets. Right? right. So, search is a game for people with deep pockets. There's a reason you don't see a lot of search startups um, uh, <laughs> succeed. There hasn't been a successful one in a really long time. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, I think that one it's possible that some small company will find a niche um, in this in this world. But this is a you know, this is a high stakes poker game.
0: Okay, so, so well, as you said, let's fo- So now let's talk kind of uh, Alphabet and Microsoft, which this week have been probably kind of at each other's throats going back and forth. Um, the, the CEOs, or I think Satya Nadella at Microsoft, has had some things to say about Google. Google's kind of come at C- uh, chat Chachi- Ch- GPT a little bit. So, but the Alphabet has got the worst of it. Their stock, we said, is down thirteen percent in two days. So, what is happening, and what does this have to do with the search market? How are we connecting AI and search now?
1: Sure. So, uh, so, so, you know, as, as we said at the beginning of this discussion, both companies have announced plans to insert um, uh, into their search services uh, some new AI capable, like natural language interactions, and they've both done some demos. You can't really access either one yet, My, uh, Microsoft has said that Bing is kind of in a beta. you can sign up, and you know, I don't know, I, I'm signed up, you're signed up. Neither one of us is able to use it just yet, and they haven't really done it yet, done a launch yet at google, but um, but but there's there's sort of several takeaways from the street, and one is there's an innovator's dilemma problem here for 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 alphabet. They control think about the Google search market. might be one of the best businesses on earth. You know here you have. Um, you know, they did about 160 billion dollars, roughly, a little more than that, in search-related advertising revenue last year. 160 billion dollars—that's like a lot of money, and it's almost the whole market, right? So, um, you know, roughly speaking, um, Microsoft itself actually threw out a number the other day that said it was about a 200 billion-dollar market. So, almost all of it is is in the hands of one company. Of right. Okay, so that's one one element, and There's been, as we were saying before, effectively no market, effectively no competition. 93%, 3%. You know, if you think about who the other players are, it's like DuckDuckGo, it's kind of a small little search service, what's left of Yahoo, you know, a couple of foreign ones by doing Yandex. Like there's nobody else there. So it's these two major players. And Bing, again, has been hopping along for more than a decade, nothing, not making any dent in the market, really. And now what's happening? Until this week. And several related things have kind of cons- uh, happened and they're overlapping. So it's important to to think this through. So one is people are actually talking about Microsoft Bing. Like when have we ever talked about Microsoft Bing on this, on this podcast? Like never. Right. So, so, um, so people are talking about this service again in a way that if nothing else might make people at a minimum might make you go check it out just to see what all the fuss is about. Right. So, um so that's one one element, right? Some people are talking about this again. The second is like like they're both adding new technology, right? And it may be that at the end of the day Google's search service will still be better than than Bing. But there is a real chance here that Bing is going to eat away into that into Google's enormous market share advantage. And if you just shift a little bit Right, so imagine, imagine you shift. I don't know. Let's say instead of ninety-three-three, it was eighty-five and fifteen. Right, so they still own eighty-five percent of the best market instead of having ninety-three percent of the best market. Well, that's tens of billions of dollars in advertising revenue yes. that flows from one to the other.
0: So, and, and how multi- do you quantify? And that just to put this in context, like. That's what we've basically seen come off the stock in two days, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So right. So I I did some of that math, and um, you know, uh, Google, uh, well Alphabet. uh, This is a little rough, but Alphabet trades around four times forward sales. Okay, and and so and they've lost like yesterday. They lost about a hundred. A billion dollars in market cap. Meaning, and, down and down just down.
0: when you say trades at four times sales, just to put in perspective for folks, that means basically investors are paying four dollars for this for per share for every dollar they bring in in sales.
1: Yeah, next, you know, anticipated anticipated sales. Okay, yeah, right. Go ahead. So, so, and then, um, and then you know, it's down another. As we talk, it was the, the last time I looked. It was down another five percent. or So, today which suggests potentially even further market share losses. So, I think the market is saying. Um, some you know somewhere between I don't know ten and twenty percent of of their search traffic is at risk, um, and and that's never really happened to Google before. And so Google is in a bad spot here because even if their technology is better, and we don't you know I don't know it's hard to tell. We haven't really gotten to play with either one of them yet. The but if and if their technology is like at the margin better being as an experience should be substantially better than it is now. And so right. it's a more legitimate competitor than it was before this week started. And the, and that is showing up in, in the numbers. And by the way, like Microsoft has very little to lose here. On yeah. this, right. They, yes, they put money into open AI. And by the way, they're going to use the software from open AI in lots of other things. Like they're going to use it in, um, uh, in, um, like office applications that you're gonna be offered as a service on Azure. It's gonna show up all over the place, right? right? They've already announced a few of these things. Right. So um, wow. they're gonna make full use of this relationship. The problem Alphabet has is first of all, so first of all, again, they, they may lose some market share. And the other thing, which I think is a, has been, we talked about this earlier before this call, Alex, is it's more expensive to do these searches than it is to do traditional searches. Exactly, how much? Um, you know, well, we'll see. But like, the, I, we saw one set of data today that said it's five times more expensive to do a natural language uh, uh, based search, and right. if you if, there's the potential of billions of additional cost for Google's uh, for the Google search business. And so, it, right at the moment when they're going to lose some market share, their costs are, uh, look like they're going to go up. And that may
0: be, yeah, okay. So basically, even if they um, they could keep the same business, Microsoft may never come in here. They might keep their ninety three percent, but we well, also so they, now know yeah. they're going to be paying more at the very least. So, yeah, yeah. so, so it's, right.
1: a, it's a problem. So yeah. it's a problem, and the market is reacting like it's a problem. And yeah. um, and you know, there were a couple of other like small things, by well, the way, that I think again, um, you know. The, Sundar didn't show up at their event on Wednesday, which was I think the street didn't like. There was a small error in one of the demos they they showed, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, so one guy I talked to described it as the uh, uh, the barred bust. You know, right. like there's, a, there's a sense that they just didn't handle this as well as they could have. Uh, but I think the bottom line is the bottom line. Like This yeah. is about loss of market share, Loss of you know billions in revenue, a hit to the bottom line, and higher costs, and it all adds up to a problem. And just to add the cherry to the to the sundae, they're being sued uh, by the Department of Justice in not one but two separate cases that relates to their dominance of this market. Right. So how ironic that like just a few weeks after they get sued for the second time. Uh, now you have to remember the first lawsuit back in, which was like three years ago, they got sued by the DOJ right. over their dominance of the search market. And then they've been sued again over their dominance of the online advertising market. It's, um, uh, yeah. It's not an isn't, like perfect, like, like a tech, like a tech, uh, meme. It's like a, it's like, like a stereotype that right when the government tries to step in, um, well, so it'll be fascinating. Steps so it's going
0: to be fascinating to see if oh. this changes the government's case at all, but we'll watch for we'll that. We'll see. we right. right. <laughs> um, I just want to, we're have got. we actually well into our call already. I'll just remind folks uh, with some time we have left, uh, if anyone has questions, please submit them. Um, I want to do a couple more things. I want to talk, I want to segue to the focus on cost cuts and why that's become another area uh, of interest yes. for the market. But before we do that. We talked, let's talk a little bit, if we wanted, to, if, if an investor did want to create sort of an AI portfolio right now, we talked about how there might be a frenzy in some of the small companies, but what would you put in your AI portfolio right now?
1: Sure. So I, I think I'd name a few things. I, I think I would pick Microsoft, which I think, you know, obviously Microsoft has other businesses. And right. obviously, like if you if you look at their most recent uh, quarter, some of them are troubled, like the PC business is is mm-hmm. not growing right now. It's shrinking. Right. So that's a problem. They've seen decelerating growth in their cloud business. Uh, so that's been like at least a short term problem. So there are other elements to this, but they with their relationship with open AI, they're extremely well positioned here. And so that's like sort of like okay, the, so Microsoft is number one. I think another one that I think benefits here tremendously is NVIDIA. Okay. Uh, so NVIDIA um, um, among other things, makes graphics processors, GPUs that are used in cl- in the cloud. A lot of them are very specifically targeted at doing, uh, you know, uh, AI uh, training and inference uh, work, which is like the core of the whole uh, AI uh, compute uh, requirement. I, I, I had talked to someone the other day, told me they thought that like 75% of AI computation was going to run on NVIDIA based uh, processors and obviously, as we were just saying, the costs of doing this are high. And part of that is because you just need a lot of compute. And if you need right. a lot of compute, that means. Okay. Uh, that's, so that's NVIDIA.
0: Uh, are any, uh, any, any others there?
1: Yeah. So the other one on the chip side, I think, is AMD, which I, which also uh, is really focused on this. You know, Lisa Su in her uh, CES keynote an interview I did with her shortly after that, really emphasized that, you know, AI is the big driver for their business going forward. They announced a special AI uh, chip actually at, um, at CES. So I think they're a big beneficiary. Um, and then there are a couple of other interesting ones I wouldn't count on IBM. Um, you know, I I, I think, uh, you know, I've been bullish on IBM for quite a while now. And I, I think, you know, they're, although they sold a chunk of the Watson business, they sold Watson health, which was very much focused on that particular market. Uh, they still do, um, A lot of work on AI, so I think they're interesting. And there's some other wild cards. I think one that's interesting to look at is Adobe, where they're the leader in um, uh, creative tools. And they think, their view at least, is that as you add some of these new creative tools, um, make them more accessible to people, it will encourage the adoption of their software. They think it will be market uh, expanding. Okay. I think that's an interesting one. So,
0: th- so those are some good names for folks. Um, it's Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, AMD, Adobe, and IBM. We'll leave it at those for now. And um, I think you might have more in the magazine this weekend, but we'll uh, we'll let folks check that yeah. out. Um, okay, so then the other thing, if, if AI is the main kind of term mentioning it can get your stock moving higher right now, the okay. other thing that can get your stock moving higher, we've seen from tech companies is mentioning cost cuts, layoffs, efficiencies. This has become the other theme. Now they're arguably a little bit in uh contradiction, you know, they contradict each other's because AI is very costly. But anyway, um, if you could mention an AI a way to cut costs through AI, I think you'd be, you know, you'd be a two billion dollar yes, right. stock tomorrow. But um, so let's uh, let's talk about why w- what we've seen with this cost cutting. Mention um, Meta last week was up twenty what twenty four percent in one one
1: day. Yeah.
0: It wasn't yeah. really because of its earnings, right?
1: No, their earnings were like nah, and you know they're not growing at the top line, and they won't grow in in the March quarter either. So it's like they've you know they've got they're still being really hurt by. Uh, kind of a weak advertising market, competition with TikTok. Like they've got a whole bunch of issues to deal with. But, but what's fascinating is, and what really drove the stock that day was they've gotten religion on cost cutting. I mean, and you know, to the, the, to take you have to take this back to the third quarter of when uh, when they did their their September quarter earnings. Um, those numbers also were like meh, nah. like they weren't you know materially worse than the December quarter ones. But in the September quarter. They announced spending plans that were way above what the street had been looking for, and just made them look like they were spending irresponsibly. Right, and the stock blo- turned, uh, went, you know, kind of uh, got crushed, dropped below hundred dollars. Like it's, I mean, the stock has doubled off the bottom. But what's what's uh, what what happened, of course, is like two weeks later, in part under some pressure from activists, uh, they laid off eleven thousand people scaled back their spending plans both for operating expense and for uh, capital spending and then when they announced the fourth quarter numbers they announced even more reductions in spending which the street loves because they've been you know they they think that meta overspends and they announced a new 40 billion dollar stock buyback plan now they've been buying back stock they bought back um i forget how much last year uh but they they and they have still had another 10 billion or so left on their old buyback plan but they so what they effectively did was say we're getting a religion on cost i mean mark could not shut up about the word efficiency on the call i made the point <laughs> in the magazine the other week last week that you know he said it like 30 times like on their on their Earnings conference call efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. This is the year of efficiency. Yeah. Um, And I think the the year of efficiency is actually like a reasonable summary for the phenomenon you were describing, which is everyone is cutting costs. And we've seen a bunch of them this week. You know, Disney just caught, just cut like, uh, what's the number? Uh, Five and a half billion. Yeah. So plus, you know, thousands of jobs. Yes. Um, Zoom video this week cut 15% of their jobs. Affirm, the buy now, pay later guys. Cut 19% of their workforce. Like the numbers are getting bigger. Like people are cutting a lot of jobs. And in some cases, their businesses are troubled, right? A firm is having problems. Zoom is not growing the way it used to. Um, You know, Disney's been under a lot of pressure to cut costs. Um, And, you know, I think Meta gave a good example of if you listen to the street, if the street says, we want you to cut costs, and then you cut costs. you yeah, know, it's, it's up. Yeah, they don't care that you're like costing people jobs. Like they're not interested in that. They and and you know we've talked about this. Like in the case of Disney, which said it it's going to consider reinstating, reinstating its dividend, and in the case of Meta, which is doing this giant stock repurchase plan. Basically, you're taking money that you were paying to employees, and now you're going to give it to shareholders. Yep. Is that good or not? I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe it depends on your point of view, yeah. and you know, it's overly com- it's overly simplified to just you know just say, well, you know, they cut jobs so they could give money to shareholders, and you know, in some of these cases, um, you know, and and I think this is true in Meta's case that some of those jobs just weren't generating uh, enough value to the business. You know, I, I think uh, Disney talked about they're going to like reduce. The amount of general programming, you know, kind of non uh, franchise programming that they generate. And so some of those people don't really have anything to do anymore. Yeah. But it's uh, it feels a little cold hearted.
0: It, you know. it does. And um, it'll be interesting to see how those contrasts continue to play out.
1: Um, yeah. And that, just to bring this back around, and I know we're running out of time, uh, I do think it's interesting to look at what will happen at Google here because Google. Um, finds itself facing new competition, higher costs in its core business. And meanwhile, they have their own kind of version of the metaverse, which just shows up on their income statement as other bets. Well, yes. other bets is like, uh, you know, the the mo- the big, the best known one is Waymo, the self-driving car company. Uh, but there's a bunch of other stuff in there. They lose billions of dollars a quarter on other bets.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great a great point that they're going to find ways to perhaps use those maybe maybe those other bets will eventually be what funds the higher costs of AI and search is is where we're heading. Yeah, well, maybe
1: they should make less bets. I mean, I I think uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 fascinating to look at what they've done there. Then the street has. I mean, unlike Meta, they didn't like change the name of the company to like other bets or to Waymo or something, Yeah. Uh, but they do spend a huge amount of money on these projects. Um, and I think that like it, when you have, when, when, when you have the world's best business and it's unchallenged, like you can kind of get away with using some of the money for those, you know, futuristic projects. But uh, the, 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 the ground is changing. Yeah underneath them and they may have to change their approach yeah okay
0: um yeah we are almost running out of time i want to take um let's take one question um james asks uh about the outlook for snowflake and microsoft i think we've definitely covered microsoft yes but snowflake gets us to an interesting point which is that we're about in the coming weeks we'll get a new round of earnings results from some of the more cloud like pure plays including Snowflake. right can you uh talk about that a little bit and what to expect from Snowflake and some others?
1: Sure. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of Snowflake. I think that they have a fantastic long-term outlook and, um, you know, they have um, a well-respected management team, the CEO, Frank is beloved on the street. Um, But uh, you have to remember, if you roll back the calendar all the way to last week and the week before, um, Microsoft's uh, out Microsoft's results included a disappointing outlook on spending for Azure, um, and then AWS um, had had, diff- had uh, disappointing results uh, uh, in and and in particular provided an outlook for um, for AWS that was disappointing, showing the right. growth, right. and so. And they both have what what, what one thing they have in common, right? I mean, obviously they're competitors, but oh, and by the way, Google Cloud, which is still growing a little faster, it's way smaller, growing a little faster, say than AWS, also showed uh, like slowing growth. So like the 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 signs are clear that demand is being affected by a slower economy. They and look, this is the this is this is as somebody said to me, this was a feature, not a bug, right? Like the these these businesses are are designed to make it easy for customers to dial up or down. Right. Yeah. That's, a really good point. that's the whole point. Right. It's like you I know, think you, know, you, you had a line in one of your
0: columns recently that I thought was a really interesting. One, which was that the cloud is still just as good a business we think from what we've seen. But one, what we might have learned that surprised folks was that it might be more cyclical than we expected.
1: Yes, I think that's right. I think there's you know look you're these these companies. These cloud companies serve a very wide set of customers. Some of them have businesses that have been affected by uh, by a slowdown in the economy. I mean, yeah. and you know, if you're an advertising-supported uh, internet business that's in the cloud, you're probably looking for ways to cut costs, right? Sure. So, I, I think there's uh, there's an element of that. And so, I think in this next round of um, of results, and you know, there's going to be a bunch of them. Yes, um, so what are
0: they? Snowflake and what Workday? What are some of the others that we should be?
1: Oh gosh, um, I'm I'm like uh, drawing a blank. Uh, one, well, one that we're going to get next week actually, which is a little different, is Cisco, um, which will actually be interesting too, for in part because they supply the cloud okay. to the cloud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's there'll be a bunch of names. I mean, I, I think that um, you know the key is going to be to separate out short term uh you know uh cyclical issues from longer term secular ones. Okay. okay. and I think most of these cloud businesses are gonna have, you know, there's a real risk that they're gonna see some softness in the in the short run. I wouldn't be surprised to see that from Snowflake. They, Snowflake Salesforce, actually helped, by the way, right Eric I mean Salesforce which is under pressure from activists, that's still a ways out. There. Oh my gosh. Yeah Salesforce is a little ways a little further out. Salesforce just got a there was not like a new activist. Yeah. Um you know so it's really like um uh, you know, it it it's just an unending series of attacks. But yeah. uh but you know, I think that it gets at this underlying um, yeah tension between short-term issues and long-term issues. Um I, I still think the cloud companies are in great position for the long run, but it could be a little rocky for a couple of quarters. Okay.
0: All right. Well it that keeps it'll keep our attention and we'll be able to talk about that in a couple of weeks, I'm sure. So uh, that is all the time we have. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for being with us today. And thanks to our audience for joining us. Um, Barron's Live will actually be taking a one-day break tomorrow. But please join us instead for the Barron's Level Up event series at 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. My colleague Reshma Kapadia is going to be joined by experts for a discussion on wealth as an essential building block for financial security across generations. And about the best ways to create wealth through real estate, investing, and financial planning along with strategies on how to narrow our racial wealth gap. So thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.